0: Jinky backheel with ease. Miguel Aziz's first goal for Portsmouth. Into the path of Smithrow. Into the box. Smithrow scores. A really deserved first goal in Huddersfield Town colours. Welcome back to Away from Hail End, as we had an amazing week for our academy boys out on loan. Both Flo Balagoon and Brooke Norton Cuffy get their first goals at their respective loan clubs. And Daniel Ballard makes his full return to the starting 11. That and much more coming up here on Away From Hail End. To start it off, let's give up props for our boy Flo Balagoon. What a week for him. Two matches, a total of 93 minutes played. Uh, to start it off on March 5th against Luton, Burrow got a 2-1 victory with Balagoon winning the penalty that would prove to be major in Burrow's push to be promoted. It was a play he set up and finished off, basically. He, you know, made a pass out wide, cut back into the box to the perfect position, received a pass, and would have had just an easy tap-in, if not for being taken out from behind. Wins the penalty and Burrow uh, convert from the spot. It's really been incredibly admirable to just watch the kind of work he does off the ball. Balagoon is just absolutely relentless, and you you just can see him even when he isn't the one in possession. You can just see the work he's putting in, popping in between defenders, popping into spaces, coming back to the halfway line if that's what it takes to be the link-up man. I mean, I think that's a combination of everything Balagoon has learned and how he's developed at Arsenal and the kind of football that Chris Wilder is preaching in that Borough dressing room. I mean... Wilder may be one of the more underrated managers in England. What he did with Sheffield United was not normal. I mean, Sean, Dife, Sean Dyche levels of managing, really, just really made his players believe in that system, and you're seeing that with Balagoon. You can just tell how annoyed defenders are by his energy, his quick bursts of speed, his tireless pressing, and just general movement, and, and that worked for winning a penalty In their win against Luton. Uh, It's also been incredibly impressive how much stronger he looks every week on the ball. I mean, if you recall, I know we spoke about this last week as well, but in those first few matches this season for Arsenal, he just was not up to the test of the Premier League defenders. And I think he gained confidence in the U23s that first half of the season, and he's come back now stronger, faster, more aggressive to both get the ball and score goals, and that really has paid off for him, not only in the match against Luton, but he came on in the 60th minute against Sheffield United on Tuesday, March 8th, and got his first goal in English football. And that was really a big moment, obviously, for Balagoon, and it didn't come in a game that Burrow played exceedingly well. It was a 4-1 loss, unfortunately. But, you know, the goalie slipped. Balagoon reacted incredibly quickly to it, and took a touch around the keeper, and, and scored from a tight angle. I think people are underreacting, really, to this goal. Obviously, the goalie made a huge gap, and that's the main reason for the goal occurring. But I don't know if Balagoon would have been favored to get to that ball first. It didn't go far from the goalie's feet. Two defenders were around, but he is just so relentless. And, you know, the way Burrow play... It doesn't necessarily make for high pressing and winning the ball back high in the opponent's pitch, but especially when Balagun has come on as a sub in the few games that he has, he's really been all over the place. And you can see it on his heat map, Um, you can see it just watching the game, it's obvious, but you know, he was rewarded for that in this match and got his first goal, which is... Just great. I mean, we've talked about this a lot that goals aren't going to be the mark of success for Balagoon on this loan for a multitude of reasons. But still, as a striker, you want goals. It brings you confidence. It'll, you know, at the end of the season, stats are important. It will determine whether or not, you know, we bring in one striker, two strikers, three strikers in the summer and what Balogun's next step is. So, I think that was huge for him and you know, Burrow were really pushing for another goal after that. They got that got them to three one right back in the match. And Balogun really was used more as a creative outlet. Um, Wilder brought on a couple of strikers, so the formation changed up a little bit. And Balogun pushed a little further wide, a little further out to the left than he has been playing. And he created a great shot opportunity for himself, cutting in on his right foot and trying to curl one in that, unfortunately, he hit a little too directly at the keeper, but. A good chance created, and also had a key pass and successful dribble. Uh, I'm in the same play where he, you know, got the ball in the box to to a teammate who had a good chance at scoring. So it's clear that Burrow are much better with him on the pitch. That is undoubtedly a fact, um, and they're almost going to be a Premier League level team. I mean, it would be great for him to get the experience of pushing for promotion and either playing in the playoff semifinal or even making the playoff final. That's just unbelievable experience, high pressure moments. You know, playing at Wembley is also would be amazing for him. So, you know, I think he's going to be a starter as much as possible. But Wilder's also a a season manager and knows you can't play him 90 minutes every week. That's not when you're going to get the best out of him, especially when he's just adapting to this level of the game. So I think this was a great week for him and, and he'll build on that. And as we've said now, three weeks in a row, he has gotten better every week. So that's incredibly exciting. Another player who just continues to build on his performances week after week. And one whose maturity in press conferences and on the pitch is really, you can just tell he's a complete person. That's Brooke Norton Cuffey. Obviously, everyone who listens to this podcast and follows my page knows how high I am on this kid. And I will say every week how high I am on him because he just is impressive. And he scored his first goal. Uh, the big difference here was that Lincoln have switched to a five at the back now. They were you know, in a bit of a rut and made a formation change. And as we were talking about, that's really where Brook is at his best. He is just much freer. He's able to run that wing without any responsibility really coming backwards. And he really gets in those positions where he can make a cross for a teammate. And he can hug that end line, right, that sideline, right? We talk about it a lot, especially in Arteta's system, how... You really have to hold that wide position as much as possible to create as much space as possible. And not only is Brooke Norton Cuffey great at creating that space, but he's also great at understanding that space. And that is why he scored this goal. He, all game, was playing as far out to the touchline as possible, holding that position wide. And the goal came because his striker made a run in between the two center backs, who both dragged to the striker. And Norton Cuffey filled that space in right behind the center backs where his striker could find him with an easy cutback, and Brook took the chance brilliantly with an unbelievable first-time finish into the the far post corner. And, I mean, you just love to see it, and you could tell what it meant to him. He was just ecstatic. Uh, He spoke to the press afterwards, and you could tell with every word. He was just trying to hide his smile. He was just so happy, and that's just great news for him because, you know— Defending is one thing, and that'll bring your confidence up and sometimes can bring it down. But scoring a goal for a kid of his age at senior level f- of football is just incredibly exciting. Um, he also did play his part quite well defensively. Uh, he, he made two tackles. He won 50% of his duels. But the, the key really was him just basically gallivanting down that right side and swinging in crosses high, middle, low, right to his you know players' feet. It must be a pleasure as a striker to play with somebody who's so good at delivering crosses. Lincoln had a second match this week that did not go nearly as well. It was a 2-0 loss to Ipswich, and it wasn't Brooks' best match. I'm going to be honest, he looked a little tired. I mean, he's not used to playing two matches a week of 90 minutes at the senior level. It's just different. It's just different from playing U23 football. And he just looked a little mentally tired as well as physically. He wasn't, you know using space as well as he usually does. He wasn't attacking those areas as well as he usually does. The service was still there. Uh, the crossing was still there. But, you know, the truth was Ipswich had a stronghold on this game for the full 90 minutes, and Lincoln never really got into it. Uh, and that just, you know, w- it was a, a fact of a lot of things. And you can't blame the kid for not having his best match every week. Uh, I don't think he's going to look back on this as, as one that he'll remember. I don't think it's going to affect his playing time moving forward. But you know, we're keeping us up to date on everything that's going on here. And you just have to believe that next week, is going to come out with that same energy and excitement that he had in the match against Sheffield, where he was so dominant because he really, he has the ability. He really does have the ability to more positive news. You know, obviously Brooke had positive and negative news, but Reese Nelson makes his return after injury COVID injury, which kept him out for a few months and he got 18 minutes at left wing and You know, he came on with Feyenoord down 1-0 to Groningen in a match that they need to win and should win. Um, And, you know, Reese came on right after Feyenoord tied the game up at 1-1, and he was there to help Feyenoord push for the winner uh, as they're trying to, you know, at least secure a Champions League place and, you know, maybe push for the title. And his first involvements were were great. For a player who'd been out for so long, they were, were excellent. And he made a great first touch, put a through all into his striker. Striker basically had a one-on-one with the goalie, but after a few horrific touches, the chance was completely gone. But, you know, Reese picked up the ball pretty far deep in his own area, made a touch around a defender, and then a first-time pass off the half volley, straight into space, perfectly weighted. It really looked, like, almost crafted. It, it was beautiful. He looked healthy. You know, that's been the big thing with him on all loans is when he can keep his health and when he can stay lively. And he, he looked that to me. Uh, clearly, he wasn't rushed back and he was linking up well with the left back on his wing. Uh, but after about five, ten minutes into his substitute appearance, it kind of felt like he started to lack confidence. Uh, he started to get the ball instead of trying to take a defender on. He was passing back to his midfielders instead of trying to create a goal scoring opportunity. He was just being very safe. I understand that as a player who isn't starting every week and is worried about keeping their spot in the team, but that's not the player Reese Nelson is. Reese Nelson is the type of player who's going to lose the ball three, four, five, six times a match, maybe more, but those two or three, four times where he takes a defender on and beats him, you get goal scoring opportunities, you know. It can be frustrating with a player like him. I mean, we've seen it with Pepe in the first team where it's like, oh my God, look how many times he's lost possession. But those times when those moves come off and when he's able to take a defender out of play with one simple dribble or a simple creative pass or a one-two, whatever it might be, or just using his speed, you get great opportunities. And that's what Reese is going to bring for you. You know, it worries me to see him losing that confidence, especially at a league where there is so much space to operate in. Um, The good news is his body looks much bigger and stronger than it looked a year ago or two years ago. I mean, He's really filled out his frame and he has the physicality now to play top-level football in any league. I'm sure of that. And the few times he did take his men on, he got all the way inside the box. Uh, One time he put an amazing cross across the six where he just didn't have enough players attacking it. But he needs to build on this. He needs to see when he does that how good he can be and Have a full match to really go after that. And I'm hoping on Thursday, on March 10th, he will really take his chance in the Conference League quarterfinal. I hope he starts. If not, at least gets a solid chunk of time to play. They're playing partisan. He'll have the opportunity to be the player he can be. I'm excited about it. I'll definitely be tuning in for it. I'm not giving up on Reese Nelson, and I never will. I think there's just such an amazing player in there when he's healthy and confident but the time is ticking the time is ticking he needs to start taking his chances let's just see let's just see how it goes thursday let's see if he can stay healthy and win back you know the confidence of himself and of his manager another player who's finally fully fit back for the full match daniel ballard 90 minutes in the right center back role that he has commanded so well and he was again i think he's a true low block genius I don't have another way of describing him. He just knows exactly how to play that position in a five at the back. Obviously, you know, it's that's a totally different ball game than the way Arsenal play, but that's become very common in English football to be playing that three center backs, a little bit of a lower block, make it hard to be played through. You're gonna have to be really creative to get by. And Daniel Ballard fills that role. I mean, he had four clearances, two tackles. He won over 50% of his duels, nearly all of his aerial duels. His passing was excellent. He did not give the ball away cheaply. And, of course, he wasn't dribbled past because he never is. Um, For a player who's just getting his first full match back since a pretty big knee injury, that's excellent news to see that he is still not being dribbled around. He is not losing his confidence in terms of winning balls at at a player's feet. It's just it's good to see that the injury has not hindered his progression and hasn't brought him backwards, which can happen, especially with a young player who may lose their belief in themselves or may think they're not getting their starting place back, but Ballard looked excellent. They had another match just a few days later where they drew Blackburn nil-nil, and Ballard started, played the first half, um, and then told his manager at halftime that his groin, just he could feel it a little bit. Uh, obviously they're being precautious with him just coming back from injury. My guess is it just has to do with playing two matches in such a short period of time and not being, you know, fully up to speed. Not in a bad way, but just factually hasn't played enough footy recently. Uh, My feeling is that won't affect the next match. He'll be back. He'll be starting. He'll play the full 90 minutes. Uh, But he did play well in that 45 minutes. I mean, the truth is Millwall were basically playing like, you know, you see Burnley play. They had no interest in scoring a goal. They didn't even get a shot on target. They sat back and took their draw with Blackburn as they're looking for every point to push towards promotion. Uh, Another clean sheet, which is fabulous for Millwall. They've just been a defensive brick house recently. A lot, obviously, having to do with the return of Ballard. But great to see from him. Again, playing twice in a week in the championship, you can't ask for more from your lone players and, and from their experience they're getting. You just... Hope that managers trust them to do that when you send them out. And that's what's happened for Ballard so far. So, great week for him. Hopefully, that little groin tweak is nothing. We'll keep you posted on that when we get more updates. But right now, looking positive. A team that's not necessarily looking so positive and one that is looking to just fight the relegation battle at the moment in League 1 is Cheltenham And Matt Smith. 4-0 loss this week. Not what they're looking for, obviously. But honestly from a you know perspective of someone who's just watching Matt Smith, he actually played quite well. It's the quality of his teammates that really let him down. Uh, he was as creative as he's been this year uh, in this match, even being down 4-0, which is, again, pretty surprising. You know, Cheltenham are not the best team in League One, but they're a solid uh, opponent. And Doncaster were just miserable in this game. But, again, Matt Smith played pretty well. Uh, two key passes, won five of seven ground duels, uh, really played a big role defensively. Again, even for a 4-0 loss to Cheltenham, Matt Smith was a weird bright spot in this game. Even Cheltenham fans would have said that Matt Smith looked quite excellent in a game where, again, they lost 4-0. But again, as I said, won five of seven ground duels, he had a blocked shot, an interception, three tackles. I mean, we're talking about a player who usually struggles on the defensive end of things, but he, he did his best. He, he was out there again for the full 90 minutes. And, you know, in the second half, when they were down 3-0 already, they brought on some more attacking ability. And Matt Smith played a little further forward. And then he was forced to cover a lot more ground because one of his teammates got a red card. So it was an interesting one. I mean, it's hard to base it off of that match. But, again, Matt Smith is playing every week. He's playing 90 minutes every week. Excellent experience for him. And although his team is playing negatively, he, there's something to be learned from that. There is something to be learned from that. And he'll be playing a championship football next year, would be my opinion. I, I think that's the next step in his development. He needs to play with players who are of higher technical quality because he pulls the strings. He's not the goal scorer or the man who takes a man on one-on-one. He pulls the strings. And when you don't have quality around you, it's quite hard to do that. Another player who has found himself into the team since returning from injury is Jordy Tutu, who had two matches this week, one on March 5th, where he came on, played 22 minutes uh, at a time when Rotherham really needed a goal, uh, pushing for an equalizer, and he actually got to play on both wings due to a bit of a switch of formation um, after he came on as, as they started moving forward a little bit more aggressively. Uh, and... He didn't really have his best outing, to be honest. Uh, they brought him on as a more progressive option uh, going forward on as that wingback role. And he just didn't really get involved too much was the biggest issue. He didn't really look energetic. He didn't look his confident self that we saw do so well at Botchum. Uh Now that he's healthy, finally, and really able to play every match, you would expect him to get into a bit of a rhythm and, you know, it's one thing if it happens on one match in a week, but then in their second match this week on March 9th against Hartlepool, a, a, an opposition of much lower quality than Rotherham, and Jordy had a similar match. He They came out playing an aggressive formation. I mean, when I say it was, you know, a three center back situation, it really was a three at the back and not a five at the back. Jordy played as a right wing back, really almost as a right winger for the whole match. He really wasn't back much in the box doing any defending. Uh, obviously, Rotherham assumed they would control and dominate the whole match, which wasn't a situation as it ended up going to penalties. And I was a little let down by Jordy's appearance. Uh, he didn't really get involved all that much. He only put in a few half-decent crosses. He didn't look energetic. He didn't look confident. It was a little bit... A little bit underwhelming. I obviously, you know, it's been a tough few years for... Jordy and he just probably doesn't have that full confidence that he had when he was a little bit younger with a little bit more of a brighter future but this is a really important time for him and he really needs to take advantage of the fact that he's number one healthy and number two getting the opportunity to play week in and week out but overall in their match against Hartlepool Jordy really just was indecisive he was only one of seven completing his crosses uh he really didn't try to do too much. He didn't look like he was creative. He didn't look like he was pressing forward. Uh, And that's the exact opposite of what was happening on the left wing with Bola, actually a a former Arsenal Academy player who was pushing forward, getting himself into the box, being dangerous, being creative. You know, I, I do think Jordi, again, just hasn't had consistency for a long period of time. And I just hope that... The last two matches aren't going to affect his ability to play for Rotherham going forward. Hopefully the manager continues to trust him and use him because I do think the only thing that can help him is consistent playing time. But a little underwhelming. Hopefully, you know, they've got another two months. Hopefully he continues to get the playing time and we'll see where it goes from there. Going back to the Netherlands, Nikolai Moeller had a match this week. Um, Again, his team has just been abysmal. Since he joined, uh, obviously they brought him in because they're having such a struggle scoring goals. But I don't think the striker is the issue. Uh, Four nil loss to Excelsior and it was over before it even started. But Moeller played the full 90 minutes and the great news was he finally looked like he's not only fully healthy, but fully back into the swing of things playing every week. I mean, it's been big for him. He hasn't been doing that for six, eight months now and he was just absolutely dominant in the air. He won six aerial duels. Uh, he, again, served as the lone outlet for the team. I mean, Den Bosch basically just hoisted up to him and hoped for the best. So to win six out of 11 aerial duels is pretty good for a young player like him, uh, obviously of great physical stature. But, you know, Denbosch basically doesn't create anything without him, and Muller is just going wing-to-wing, wing, trying to win those headers, and then... Hopefully, there's a teammate in support, right? Like, he'll win sometimes to win the ball either to his chest or a header, and he doesn't have a player to win the ball to, and it's all on his own. Um, Den Bosch really didn't create a lot. They only created two shots all game. Uh, Muller was one of those, and he hadn't got a shot on target. But, I mean, to be fair, he hasn't looked too frustrated, and I haven't heard anything from the manager other than praise of him, but he's working his ass off and just. They can't even give him a decent opportunity or any help. So, again, good experience that he's playing, good experience to struggle, but goal scorers need goals or their confidence starts to go. So, I think Moeller is going to need to get a goal soon. Again, I'm not faulting him in any way. He actually looked quite excellent in this game and was back to his normal dominance in the air, which is what you are expecting from him. But the issue is the biggest part of his game that he needs to work on is finishing. And if he's not getting the opportunities to work on that, then that's a struggle for him, and they're going to have to reevaluate in the summer the next best place for him. Because, again, it's similar to the Matt Smith situation. If you're not getting the service, or if you're the one giving the service and not getting a finish, it's a little bit frustrating. It can affect your confidence. It's early. It's only... You know, the beginning of March, Muller's got another two months there. He'll be playing every week, it looks like. Let's hope he stays healthy. Um, But at least he looks more match fit and match ready. That was a positive to take from this week. Big matches coming up again. Denbosch need to start scoring some goals at the very least, if not getting results. So Muller's a key part of that, and that's a good thing to have. Those are all the players who were able to play this week, just the players who you know either missed out due to injury or to just making the bench. Uh, We can run through those. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I mean, he started off playing like every match, but Mourinho has just had enough with him, clearly. Uh, On the bench for the 1-0 win against Atalanta, that's two matches in a row where Maitland-Niles has been on the bench but not featured. Uh, Mourinho basically made it seem like they're not interested in keeping him permanently now in the summer, which... Didn't seem the case earlier. I mean, it seems like Arteta got this one right, that he's just not really necessarily a top-level player. Like, I think Maitland-Niles will play in the Premier League. I do think he will, whether that's in midfield for a bottom third of the table team or as a wing back for a middle of the table team and a five at the back. I don't think that... He, there's any doubt he has lots of talent. Um, clearly, there's a mix of work ethic, mindset, and... Just overall footballing issues with the player. But as of right now, this loan move seems to be bleak. Another player with a similar issue is Tim Akinola. And we touched on this pretty heavily last week. It just doesn't even make any sense. This loan move is becoming more and more confusing by the week. He's now been on the bench for five consecutive matches without featuring at all. And that's six of the seven matches since he's been there. He's played one match where he played the first half and played pretty excellently and just... Hasn't played since. Um, Dundee United, I, I don't know what would happen here. Yeah, I just have to hope he gets a chance at some point, or this has just been such a waste of his time and a waste of time for Arsenal that they don't have with a player who's 20 years old already, is going to be looking for senior football next year. Obviously a lone move more likely than not. Who knows? Uh, then the three players missing out completely due to injury. Harry Clark still has not featured for Hibernian since his move there. That's a loan with an option to buy that looks like will happen at the end of the year, so not sure Harry Clark will be an Arsenal player much longer. Tyrese John Jules, hoping he comes back from injury soon. Uh, Carl Hine, obviously, as we reported, that freak accident still out at least another four or five weeks. And Ryan Alabiosu, hopefully back this coming week. Uh, From what it looks like, the injury wasn't major, it's just kind of been niggling at him, Uh, similar to what Tomiyasu is dealing with with the first team. But the manager did make it seem like Alibiosu at least had a chance to make the bench this weekend. So that would be a big up for Crew, who desperately need him back in the side. And their defense has been just leaking goals. So we look forward to having Alibiosu back shortly. Um, And other than that, man, I mean, that's the week for the boys. Big goals for Balagoon and Brooke Norton Cuffey. Big return for Reece Nelson, hopefully playing in the Conference League on Thursday, hopefully starting. Really, really hope the best for him. I, I think there isn't an Arsenal fan out there who doesn't want the best for Reece Nelson, one that we all have believed in for a very long time. Um, so let's hope for the best for him. Let's hope Daniel Ballard's groin injury was nothing big. And obviously, let's just hope Balagoon and Brooke Norton-Coffee keep killing it because so far, they're really the star's... Uh, of the show at this point for our academy players out on loan. They've really just been excellent over the past few weeks and both getting better every week, which is, as I've been saying, the dream situation uh, for a loan player. But it's great to see our players featuring when they're healthy. And hopefully, I mean, my dream is Nikolai Moeller gets his first goal for Denbosch this weekend because I know there's a player there. He is such an unbelievable profile physically that – I just really hope it does work out for him because he'll be such a fun player to watch. So different from any other player that we've had uh, come through the academy. It's really just like, it's almost like a a carnival act, the way his body is and the way he can manipulate it and control the ball, both with his chest, head, feet. It's really fabulous. So let's hope the best for him. And uh, again, uh, it seems like people are starting to like this podcast, but I'd love to get some input from... You know, my followers, please just hit me in the DMs. You know, don't be afraid. Let me know if you have uh, any questions or if you want to, you know, come on and chat about any players you're passionate about. Or if if there's any fans, you know, from any of these teams, our players are on loan that you think would want to share their opinion on on how our players are playing. Love to have more fan engagement. At Ballagunner14 is my handle. Hail End Productions, obviously, the name of the page. And Thank you all so much for your support, both on the podcast and on Twitter. Love connecting with everybody. It's obviously such an exciting time. I mean, we really are the best academy in England at the moment, producing the most talents. And I personally can't get enough of just watching these guys every week. And I know I'm having four or five games up on my computer at a time just to, to keep track of everyone on a Saturday or Sunday morning. So hit me hit me up. Let's Let's chat. Let's talk. N boys, let's talk Academy players, let's talk guys out on loan. Any questions you have, I'm happy to answer them to the best of my ability. And again, thank you so much for the support. We will be back next week, hopefully with some more goals and some more appearances from our players.